Welcome. You're listening to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast that pulls back the curtains in your mind. We like to shed a little light on why you're thinking what you're thinking. Everyone has a choice in life, in what and how they think. Together, we're going to focus on high-functioning habits. There is no more time to live with any sort of regret. Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the inspirational podcast for the inspired. Let's get into today's show with your host, Shelley R. Shearer. Good morning, world. Shelley Rose Shearer here, and welcome to the show. We have a very special guest today for you on the show. Dr. Debbie Silber is the founder of the PBT, Post Betrayal Transformation Institute, and is a holistic psychologist, a health, mindset, and personal development expert, and the author of Trust Again and the two-time number one internationally best-selling author of The Unshakable Woman and From Hardened to Healed, The Effortless Past to Release Resistance, Get Unstuck, and Create a Life You Love. Her recent PhD study, though, on how we experience betrayal made three groundbreaking discoveries that changes how long it takes to heal. In addition to being on Fox, CBS, The Dr. Oz Show, TEDx, twice, and more. She's an award-winning speaker and coach dedicated to helping people move past their betrayals, as well as any other blocks preventing them from the health, work, relationships, confidence, and happiness they want most in their lives. Dr. Silber, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you so much. Really looking forward to our conversation. Excellent. Thank you. Now, audience, I really want you to just stay with us today. She has got some amazing information on betrayal and this topic really when we were matched on a a software program that we both use as speakers to to podcasters, this really hit home for me. As you know, as my listeners, you know that I've had issues with this in the past and I've spent a lot of time and work uh, healing from some of these things. So having someone like Debbie on the show is an absolute treat. And we're going to just carry on and ask her, tell us about your story and take us through it. Sure. Well, I don't think anybody says, you know, I think I want to study betrayal. Never. You know, this is something you study because because you have to. It's actually my 30th year in business. And as life would morph and change, so would business. So it was health and then mindset and then personal development. And then I had a really traumatic betrayal from my family, thought I did what I needed to do to heal. A few years later, it happened again. This time it was my husband. So got him out of the house and, you know, shocked, blindsided, uh, brokenhearted, like anybody else who's ever been through it. And I looked at the two experiences and I said, well, what's similar to these? Uh, Of course, me. But what else is similar to these? And I realized, you know, boundaries were always getting crossed. I never really took my needs seriously. Mm. And I said, you know, something drastic has to change. So here I was four kids, six dogs, a thriving practice. And I'm like, you know what, going back for a PhD. And it was in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential. I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. I didn't know how I was going to manage it. I was 50. I had been out of school for a really long time, but I was like, you know what? No, no, no. I, I, I feel so intuitively guided to do this. And this is, this is something about this is that drastic change I need to do. So anyway, it was time to do a study and I studied betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? And what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive? That study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my health, my family, my work, my life. Excellent. And we're going to share that with the audience today. When I read your bio and and, uh, we were matched up, 
usually what I have found with people that deep dive like you did, I mean, especially at 50, going back to school and everything is they usually have their own story about the subject matter to which they have decided to put their effort in. And we talk a lot, a lot about it on this podcast. Boundaries are so very, very important and realizing that they are not there to create pain for yourselves or to hurt someone else's feelings. They are there to protect relationships and respect for yourself and for other people. So thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry you had to go through this, but what I've really realized in my, in my own practice, in my own life is that yes, unfortunately it is my hurts and it is my lessons that we bring to the table now to help other people. Oh, thank you. Well, that's the opportunity. What a waste of trauma if we don't learn from it. And and that's actually one of the things we can spot an unhealed betrayal a mile away. It shows up in our health, in our Mm -hmm. work, in our relationships. For example, in relationships, it'll show up in one of two ways. The first way is in a repeat betrayal. The face has changed, but it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. People say, you know, what the heck? I keep having this go going from boss to boss to boss, friend to friend to friend, partner to partner to partner. Is it me? Yes, it is. Not in that it's your fault, in that it's your opportunity to learn something profound until and unless you do you will get opportunities in the form of people to show you. The second way is we put the big wall up. We're like, nope, no one's getting near me again. Been there, done that. And we think it's coming from a place of strength and it's not, it's coming from fear. You know, we see it in, we see it in, um, in health and work as well. Like in health, we see people going to the most well-meaning, qualified, amazing doctors, coaches, healers, therapists, to manage a stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. And at the root of it is an unhealed betrayal often, Uh, even at work, you know, where someone wants that raise or promotion, they deserve it, but their confidence was shattered in the betrayal. So they don't have the confidence to ask they're bitter and resentful, or they want to be a team player, collaborative partner, but the person they trusted the most proved untrustworthy. How could they trust that boss, that coworker shows up everywhere. Oh, that's right. I don't, I can tell you from experience, we don't put those things together. Mm-hmm. And yes, I did definitely in my own life had to learn the uh, common denominator being me <laughs> in all situations. But I, it's the putting the, the words to it, the concept, the explanation of how it's showing up, not only repeatedly, but in other areas of your life, that is brilliant. Okay, walk us through what had happened to you. And, and you have a, actually amazing five steps that we're going to talk about today. But tell us your story a little bit. Do you mind sharing? Not at all. Okay, so, excellent. Thank you. Yeah. So, so it was after these two very painful betrayals. I was like, a, either I'm the poster child for betrayal, or or I meant to to do something really good with this. And and I and I remember just saying to myself, if I can heal from this, I, I'm taking everybody with me. I mean, that that was that was really it. And I didn't know where I was headed. I I I had no idea how I was going to get through this, mm-hmm. but I just knew there was no option not to. And, and, you know, what, what I see so often is people are so afraid of that complete and utter death and destruction of the old, but that's the only way you birth the new, you know, whether you uh, you, rebuilding is always a choice, whether you rebuild yourself and move on. and, And that's what I did with my family. It just simply wasn't an option to rebuild with them. Or if the situation lends itself, if you're willing, if you want to, mm-hmm. you rebuild something entirely new. Like I'm talking from the ground up new with the person who hurt you. Oh, and that's what okay. I did with my husband. So as two completely transformed people, uh, not long ago, we actually married each other again. Uh, 
new rings, new vows, new dress, and our four kids is our bridal party. I can promise you never in a bazillion years would I have done anything like that if, if I wasn't totally different and for mm. sure uh, if he wasn't. But betrayal really uh, allows for the creation of an entirely new identity. Mm-hmm. You leave behind the parts that no longer serve and you create a version of you that is so strong, so whole, so healthy, so confident because of that experience. And, and it, that can be the case for the, for the, for the betrayer as well. You know, betrayal will show you who someone truly is, or it will wake them up to who they temporarily became. Oh, I like that. Could you repeat that? Yeah, it will show betrayal will show you who someone truly is or wake them up to who they temporarily became in my uh, situation. My husband was actually the one who told our kids. So, you know, I I can't even imagine four teenagers, you know, looking at you like you did what to mom. I mean, if anything is going to have you wake up and fall from grace, it's realizing you just lost everyone that mattered. Right. Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, congratulations, because I think being able to work through that and reconcile on the other side of it, I've had my own issues in my own marriage and how working on myself fixed them to a certain extent, as long as the other person is coming, like you say, is aware. Uh, and that was the case. So congratulations on that. Well, <laughs> and you know, it's interesting. And that actually has a lot to do with the first discovery, uh, which I'll share. And, and what we found was, you know, forgiveness is that's largely about us. We release the power the pain has yes. over us. Reconciliation has so much to do with that other person because yes, we need to do the work, but, and, and we can completely outgrow that person. And I see it so often, especially if that person is unwilling to grow. Uh, Even if that person is willing to grow, it is completely and totally up to us. But when it comes to reconciliation, that has so much to do with their level of growth and the opportunity that they see to right the wrong, to, to create something entirely new. So, you know, there's a lot involved in how do you know if it's safe and in your best interest just to rebuild yourself or move on? Or how do you know if it's safe and in your best interest to possibly reconcile? We teach all that within the PBT Institute. Oh, excellent. Okay. So before we go a little further into, into those points, how do we know if we haven't healed from a betrayal? Because that is actually kind of one of the first huge issues besides which I'm going to talk about in a minute about how we hide it all, you know, how we cope things because we don't want to face it, but how do we know if we haven't healed? Yeah. Well, you know, I can, I can give you this response from a few different uh, angles here. One is if we have symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome, and I would love to dive into that, which was actually one of the discoveries, the, you know, that's, that's one response. The other, you know, and the other is it's really, if we are not maxed out in our uh, level of health and happiness and and, um, relationships and success. If there is something holding us back there, very likely there's an unhealed betrayal at the root of it. And I'm not kidding. It could be from decades ago. Ah, okay. Then we're going to deep dive to that when we get into your five points. Absolutely. Then the questions we ask ourselves, and if this is one of the points as well, we'll just get into it when we go there. Yeah. How do we ask ourselves if we're numbing, avoiding, distracting? Yeah. I mean, I've had guests on the show with eating disorders and so many other types of things. And it's right. true. What we do to numb pain as human beings is crazy sometimes. It really is. And, and you know, it's, it's so, and I actually have these four questions I would love to ask everyone, but I think it would serve if I gave the five stages uh, okay. because that, that shows itself so particularly 
uh, it's so common in one stage in particular. So that's where those questions come from. But just to back up with Mm -hmm. the um, with the discoveries and and how, you know, if you have an unhealed betrayal, one um, one of the discoveries was that there's actually this collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal, it's known as post-betrayal syndrome. Okay. And at, at this point, we've had about 40,000 people take our post-betrayal syndrome quiz on our site to see to what extent they're struggling. Every age, uh, every demographic, just about every country is represented. A few things about that quiz. One thing is we've all been told time heals all wounds. I have the proof when it comes to betrayal, it's simply not true. There's a question that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? And people write things like my betrayal happened 40 years ago and I can still feel the hate. My betrayal happened 35 years ago. I'm unwilling to trust again. My betrayal happened 10 years ago. It feels like it happened yesterday. Mm. That's so common. But every couple of months, I pull the stats from the quiz. I'd love to share some if that would. Please, absolutely. Okay. So now imagine we we attribute lots of these symptoms to aging, to stress. No, they're coming from an unhealed betrayal. Okay. So 78%. Now keep in mind, this is out of about 40,000 people. 78% constantly revisit their experience. 81% feel a loss of personal power. 80% 80% are hypervigilant. That's exhausting. Yes. 90, right? <laughs> 94% deal with painful triggers. 94%. And those triggers can take you right down. These are the most common physical symptoms. 71% have low energy. 68% have sleep issues. 63% have extreme fatigue. So you could sleep a whole night, you wake up, you're exhausted. That's your adrenals. Those your adrenals, they have tanked. have weight changes. So maybe in the beginning, you can't hold food down. Mm -hmm. Later on, you're using food for comfort. 45% have digestive issues. And that's anything from Crohn's, IBS, uh, uh, diverticulitis, Mm. constipation, diarrhea, you you know, you name it. And think about it. What does the gut do? It absorbs, digests, and processes food. Well, isn't betrayal difficult to absorb, digest, and process? Like any wonder the gut talk. These are the most common mental symptoms. 78% are overwhelmed. 70% are walking around in a state of disbelief. 68% are unable to focus. 64% are in shock. 62% are unable to concentrate. So imagine you can't concentrate. You have a gut issue. You're exhausted and you're supposed to work or raise your kids. That's not even the emotional issues. That's worse than swimming upstream, like literally in a tsunami. Swimming upstream, a stream of mud. That's what this is. So emotionally, 88% have extreme sadness. 83% are very angry. When you bounce back and forth between sadness and anger, it's Mm -hmm. debilitating. 82% feel hurt. 80% have anxiety. 79% are stressed. Here's why I wrote the book, Trust Again. 84% have an inability to trust. 67% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. Those aren't like 20, 30% stats. Those are majority overwhelming, just about everybody type stats. Exactly. That must've been, was that shocking for you? Even after you'd done your own work, watching your own, now you're, you know, you're watching your own, um, stats come in through your institute and stuff. Was that still shocking for you? It's, you know, it's not shocking only in that it's what everybody experiences. It's what I experienced. It's what other people experience. What's shocking are the numbers. 
Wow. You know, it's the, the extent that, and this is just people who found the quiz and took it. Right. Right. So, and what's so interesting about it is, and this is about the third discovery. I want to get to the, uh, the second discovery first. This doesn't necessarily mean it's a recent betrayal. So you would think these stats are, oh my gosh, of course, someone's going to be experiencing those things. They've just been through it. No, this could be from something that happened 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 plus years ago. And they're yeah. just dragging it through their life with them day and after you'll day. See, and you'll see how it shows itself when I talk about the third discovery. The second discovery, and this is kind of what we spoke about earlier. Originally, I was studying betrayal and post-traumatic growth. Mm-hmm. For those who aren't familiar, post-traumatic growth is if you imagine sort of an upside of trauma, how any trauma, death of a loved one, disease, natural disaster, leaves you with a new insight, awareness, perspective you mm-hmm. didn't have but I had been through death of a loved one and I had been through disease. I was in the ICU for 11 days, different story. But I was like, you know, betrayal feels different for me. I didn't want to assume. So I asked my study participants and I said, if you've been through other traumas, does betrayal feel different for you? Unanimously, they said, oh my gosh, it's so different. Here's why. Because it feels so intentional, Mm -hmm. we take it so personally. So Mm. the whole self is shattered and has to be rebuilt. Rejection, abandonment, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust, these are huge. They're all shattered. Right. So it didn't quite qualify as post-traumatic growth. It was like, yeah, you, you know, you rebuild your life, but you also need to rebuild yourself. So I coined a new term, post-betrayal transformation. That is the complete and total rebuild of your life and yourself after an experience with betrayal. So when you are in that space of post-betrayal transformation, you know, you, you are radically different because think about it. This was the person, these were the people who gave you a sense of safety and security. So when this is the person, these are the people to shatter that very sense of safety and security, and you can heal from all of that you know, to hold a whole do you, different. Do you find, because it's, it's been my experience and I've heard it from so many people over the years, when it's someone close, like you say, family, that's how it was for me, or mm-hmm. a spouse. Yeah. The people that you assume that you hold trust with the most when they break that trust, it's not the same as a boss getting a bad boss and they fire you or a bad teacher. Those are lessons in life. It almost seems like you can't get past it at all because it's the, cl- there's no one closer to you than those people in your life. Hard ground of sol- solidity, the rock, they're your rock. And it ends up being quicksand. Then just like, now what? Now it's, you're all in protection mode, right? And that's why it's so shocking. Um, although you can get past it. And not only can you get past it, you create a version of yourself that will blow your mind. Excellent. The, uh, originally when I was doing this study, mm-hmm. I was studying the betrayal of a family member, partner, or friend. And I actually had to drop the friend part because to your point, while friends will completely infuriate you or like a boss will completely infuriate you, mm-hmm. they don't break you. Of course, we're never broken, bent. You know what I mean? They don't oh, yeah, break yeah. you like the family member, like the partner. Mm-hmm. And the way it works with betrayal is the more you trust and the more you depend on someone, the deeper the betrayal. So for example, a child who's completely dependent on their parent mm-hmm. and the parent does something awful, that's going to have a different impact than you know your best friend sharing your secret, your coworker taking Fair care enough. of you. Different level of cleanup. Excellent. And you deal with all of those things, right? Through your coaching and through the Institute. 
along with self-betrayal too, which is. Oh, excellent. So I do, I just want to put a little interjection here because I sometimes plead with my audience, please don't wait. (laughs) Do not Mm -hmm. wait 40 years. When you have heard a podcast like this or someone like Dr. Debbie comes on and you're like, oh my goodness, I can so relate to that. Act on it. As you all know, everything about her contact will be in the show notes, whatever, what have you, and we'll discuss them at the end, but please act on it only because from someone that has been through like Debbie has, we're in the before and after, and we can see how freeing our lives are after we want that for you. We want that so desperately for you. And it's why we do all do what we do. So, all right. I'm so glad you said that because we really, I mean, we have the proof staying stuck is now a choice. Mm-hmm. And, and that'll, you know, that's really, that has so much to do with the third discovery. And this one in like the geekiest way, I thought my head was going to fly right off my shoulders when this, when this showed up. And what we learned was while we can st- stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, mm-hmm. right. And so many of us do, if we're going to fully heal and by fully heal, I mean, symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome to that whole and healed space of post-betrayal transformation, we're going to go through five now proven predictable stages. Okay. What's even more exciting about that is we even know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every one of those stages. And we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. Oh, I love groundbreaking things like that, because I mean, look at things like for addiction and the Mm -hmm. step programs, they've put so much effort over the, you know, past 40 years into the psychology of all that, Mm -hmm. that to come up with this sort of thing that to some people, especially the prior generation, it's like, oh, suck it up. Mm-hmm. that that attitude from my parents and my grandparents generation granted they're post-war very very different lives they lived yeah. we live now in technology overload and we can get easily distracted away from dealing with our pain mm-hmm. and our trauma and our betrayal um and now i'm thinking i'm finding things people are opening up past that distraction now of social media and everything the past 10 20 years to saying hang on a second the distractions aren't working yeah. And, and then I will get to those four questions and you'll see yep. exactly where they show up in these five stages. Excellent. So this was so exciting because now there's a roadmap. I mean, there's an actual roadmap. Mm-hmm. If someone is willing and, and that's, you know, it sounds like a no brainer, but many people are not. And, and you'll see why yep. uh, they will predictably move through the stages from the symptoms to post-betrayal transformation. So here, okay. can I share the five stages? Absolutely. Okay, so it's all mapped out and trust again. It's what we teach within the Institute, but I'm gonna okay. share them with you right here. So the first stage is like a setup stage. And I saw this with every study participant, me too. If you imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. What I saw with everyone was this real heavy lean on the physical and the mental thinking and doing, right? Mm -hmm. And not really prioritizing the emotional and the spiritual, the feeling and being. So if you can imagine two two legs of that table, it's easy for that table to topple over, Mm -hmm. right? And that's us. That's not to say if you're busy, you will be betrayed. It was just a typical profile I saw. Stage two, this is by far the scariest of all of the stages. And it's shock, trauma, D-Day, discovery day. And it's the breakdown of the body, the mind, the worldview. Here's like where that person takes a mask off and reveals who they've been this whole time. It tattoos itself on your mind and on your heart. So right here, there's a breakdown of the body because now you've ignited the stress response. You're headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete and total state of chaos and overwhelm. This makes no sense. You cannot wrap your mind around the information you just learned. 
Mm. And your worldview has been shattered. Like you, you, you even said that before. This, this was your rock. These were your people, right? Yeah. Shattered. You can't understand it. Your uh, worldview is shattered. That's your mental model. The rules that prevent chaos and govern you. Don't go there. This is how life works. Trust this person. It's like those kind of rules. And in one right. moment or series of moments, your entire worldview has just been shattered. The bottom has bottomed out on you and a new bottom hasn't been formed yet. It's mm. terrifying, but think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You would grab hold of anything and everything you could that's to right. stay safe and stay alive. And that's stage three, survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical out of all of the stages. Mm -hmm. If you can't help me get out of my way, how do I survive this experience? Where do I go? Who can I trust? How do I feed my kids? Right. right. It's like that. But here's the, here's the trap. Once you've figured out how to survive, because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where you just came from, we think it's good. We have no idea there's a stage four or stage five. Transformation mm. doesn't even begin until stage four, but we don't even know they exist. So we kind of start planting roots here. We're not supposed to, but we don't know that. And four things happen. The first thing is we get those small self benefits. What you mean? We, we get our story. We get to uh, be right. Right. We get someone to blame. We get a target for our anger. We get sympathy from everyone yes. we tell our story to. You know, we don't have to do the hard work of learning to trust again. Can I trust you? Should I trust you? I'm just not trusting anybody. And so we plant deeper roots here. We're not supposed to, but we don't know that. Right. Because we're here longer than we're supposed to be. Now the mind starts doing things like, maybe you're not all that great. Maybe you deserved it. Maybe this, maybe that. So okay. we plant some deeper roots. We're not supposed to, but we Do you notice how the mind goes to the negative though? It's oh, so it's, it's, we don't, we don't go into the whole wipe it all the blame off and responsibility and place it out there and then go, I'm amazing, right. which you would think would almost be the logical way yeah. the path would go. No, because I've yeah. been there and done it. Yeah. It's not like, in this and that's why I, I laugh when you said no one understands four or five or even sees it because that was how it was for me. And now that I'm through so much, I see it in other people. It's like, yeah. if you can't help me get out of my way, they're just like, I don't want these new friends. People aren't understanding. They cut yeah. ties. And I'm thinking you're in trauma mode. That's just, you know, yeah. if it's a mirror, go away. Or if you're not, if it's not a handhold up out of the pool where I'm drowning, go away. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Exactly. And that's what happens. And even if you were to, to lend a hand, they wouldn't see it in that right. way. So it, it, the, the mind is doing so many different things right now. And remember, they're getting the small self benefits from staying stuck. Mm -hmm. So in their mind, there's something uh, that they're receiving that on some level is positive mm -hmm. or they wouldn't stay there. The next thing that happens is because this is where you are, because these are the thoughts you're now thinking, like energy attracts like energy. Mm -hmm. So now you're attracting people and circumstances and relationships towards you to confirm, yep, this is exactly where you belong. Like the misery loves company crowd, they come around now too. It gets worse, but I'll get you out of here. Because it feels so bad, but again, we have no idea there's a stage four and stage five. And we think, well, I better figure out a way to get used to this. Here's right. where we resign ourselves. We're like, I don't even know how to make this work, but I have no choice. So right here is where we start using food, 
drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, reckless right. behavior, social media, whatever, anything to numb, avoid, distract ourselves from what's so painful to feel or face. We don't know there's another way. So think about it. We do that for a day, a week, a month. Now it's a habit, a year, 10 years, 20 yes. years. And I can see someone 20 years out and say, you know, that emotional eating you're doing or that drinking you're doing or that numbing in front of the TV. Do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they would look at me like I'm crazy to say, happened 20 years ago. But do you see all they did was yeah. put themselves in stage three and stay there. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I yeah. see it. One, I see it all the time. I saw it in myself for so many years. It's yeah. like, and that's it. Right. It's I, I use the analogy a lot. And my reader, my listeners have heard this. You know, you're going through the valley of death. Don't pitch a tent. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yes. yeah. It's a journey. You're supposed to go through it to the other side. So few people can figure that out. When I had the episode, which I, we joked about before I, we got on this podcast where I forgot to record it a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. I laid my head on my desk and no lie, I cried. Then I phoned my husband. Then I got up and went, what's the lesson? Got in touch with my little team and um, friends that, you know, support me. I said, you won't believe what I did here, guys. It was so unprofessional. And I'm like, but I'm just going to sit back now. What was the lesson? Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, every friend came back and says, I cannot believe the difference in you now from like 10 years ago. Your only takeaway was what's the lesson? I'm like, yeah, there had, there's a lesson here because I can't stay there. I need to make this right and move forward and right. own it. Yeah. And even just that, that, that forward moving thinking is what takes you out. One of the ways you move out of stage three, but it's interesting. I found that so many people were getting stuck in stage three that my, my newest book from hardened to healed. Yes. That's, it is only for stage three. Like I'm coming for you stage three or so it's just (laughs) for those stuck in stage three, because it's no way to live. It's just no way to live. It's miserable. Anyway, if you, uh, and and I want to get to the four questions that show up in that stage three. Okay. If you're willing to let go of those small self benefits, grieve more than the loss, bunch of things you need to do. You move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. So here's where you, you acknowledge, I can't undo my experience, but I control what I do with it. And I always use the example of if you've ever moved to a new house, office, condo, apartment, whatever, all your stuff's not there. It's not quite cozy yet, but it's going to be okay. And when you're in that mental state, you start turning down the stress response. You're not healing just yet, but you just stopped the massive damage you were causing in stage two and stage three. The other interesting thing is if you, if you were to move, you don't take everything with you. You don't take the things that don't represent who you want to be in that new space. And what I found right. was if your friends weren't there for you, you don't take them with you. Right here is where you've outgrown them. And friends and people say to me all the time, what the heck? I've had these friends 10, 20, 30, 30 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation. And if they don't rise, they don't come. Very common. When you're And that's a hard thing for a lot of people to accept. They go into their victim mode and their, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Their commissary mode of, Mm -hmm. oh, but I couldn't do that. Well, and you feel like sometimes saying, that's why God bless for people like you. So does I feel like saying, well, if you had to have the boundaries up in the first place mm-hmm. <laughs> or had done the learning, this wouldn't, but you have to do it eventually. You know, you're so right. And, and when you were introduced to me, you mentioned I did two te- uh, TED Talks, two mm-hmm. TEDx Talks. And the first one was about just this. 
it was stop sabotaging yourself. And it was really about how we will. We will sabotage ourselves so often to prevent outgrowing someone. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are so many reasons why we do it. Anyway, when you're in stage four, you've made it cozy, you've made it home, your new mental space. You move into the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. The body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise. You didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. Now you do. Right. Um, you're making new rules. Your mind is healed. You're making new rules, new boundaries based on the roads you just traveled. And you have a new worldview based on all you see so clearly now. And the four legs of the table in the beginning, it was all about the physical and the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Mm. Those are the five stages. I like those. Okay. That's spectacular. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. When someone comes to you for, mm -hmm. for coaching or, um, first of all, let's start with the website. They can mm -hmm. go and take this test, right? They can take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz to see to what extent they're struggling. We also just put up with the uh, new book, we have the healed or hardened quiz so they can see what stage they're in. It's ah, okay. In. So they will know exactly what stage they're in. Yeah. They can just find that at healed or hardened quiz.com. Excellent. I'm always so appreciative of the guests that I have that their websites always have something to give. I don't think I've ever had a guest because clearly I believe like attracts like that there is something that you initially immediately give back and get people started on that journey. I have met very few people, if any, that truly know where they are in a journey like this. Certainly not my area of expertise when I'm coaching. I'm more about health and wellness, but these things come up, especially being someone with chronic fibromyalgia. I seem to attract that in my own um, little clinic I have in my, in my office. And these things come up and it's always so wonderful. One of the big things in my life is having a toolbox of people to refer to. I tell my listeners all the time, you're not alone. Please I let go of that limiting belief that no one's going to understand and that you're alone and that there's no way out of it. Because I truly, at this point in my life, don't believe there's much you can't find your way out of with the right help and with the right research that you, yeah. that you have done. Well, you know what, there, what was so exciting was when the discoveries showed up, well, particularly the, the five stages, I said, well, how do you make some discoveries and, and go back to business as usual? Like you just can't. So I, I put the five stages into a program and it blew up. And then I was like, okay, how do I leverage me? And so I created our certification program. So doctors, coaches, healers, therapists can take their patients and clients you know, much deeper, like, you know, 45% uh, of anybody with who's been betrayed has a gut issue. Somebody can go to the most amazing gut expert, mm -hmm. but if they don't know the five stages, they can only, they'll take them so far. So it was used, you know, it's used in that way brilliantly and it's wonderful. But then I saw clearly also by the 40,000 people who have taken the post-betrayal syndrome quiz and I uh, doing the research, I know what does not work. There were actually three groups in the study who didn't heal. And I was like, well, what would happen if we put it all under one roof? That's the PBT Institute. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. So amazing resource. And when people go there, they can, uh, what is the actual website for that? It'll be in the show notes, but just repeat it for us. Yeah. It's the PBT as in post-betrayal mm -hmm. transformation, the PBT Institute.com. All one word. 
All one word. Yeah. And, and we have live daily classes with our certified coaches and they teach. They're all certified in the five stages, but they're bringing in their own areas of expertise. Anything has, that has to do with healing from betrayal. So we have coaches certified in narcissism, in reconciliation, in divorce, in addiction, in chronic pain. Um, we have a, a practitioner who's, you know, he's a, a counselor for 37 years. I mean, they're just brilliant. They're, they're doing things that there's no way I could serve our community on that level. I mean, they're just bringing in so much to it. Oh, bless you. I believe in the teamwork, both spiritually and physically. I've got a team up there and I appreciate the team down here. And so I think it's very important, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, that people find their team to keep moving forward. And it doesn't mean you have to stay there forever. And I'll just give you a quick story right now. And some of my listeners already realize I've been dealing with terrible chronic pain the last year or two, uh, deterioration, but there's something else going on in one of my hips. And what I was doing was I was shutting it down, not realizing that even energetically and physically like this, my central nervous system was locking around the injury. So everything else was making it so that I couldn't walk around the block. And I've got a 14 month old border collie cross puppy (laughs) that wasn't working so well. I have finally accepted. And I, I, I love the expression surrender to the situation, did everything I could in the regular medical world until they said, there's no more we can do for you, but drug you. And there's nothing to operate on. Okay. That freed me to lift my head and look around going, then there better be, there will be, there is something else. Mm -hmm. And in stepped a doctor that specializes in this sort of thing. And every time I see him, because I've got fibro, he lays me out for the day, but I've accepted that that is Tuesdays of my life right now. But after that, the next few days, I function at such a better and more open and higher level around this particular little injury. That is so freeing to understand that there is a solution. It is not always like you say, because I think it's, we're back to stuck in phase three. You're just stuck. I was physically about my physical work stuck in phase three, Mm -hmm. which I found so interesting considering how much work I'd taken to get past that in my emotional trauma and my other things in my life. But I allowed that physical to get stuck. Yeah. I pitched the tent. Yeah. And, and it's interesting. And that's what in from hardened to healed, I, mm-hmm. I have an entire section devoted to the physical because that's how trauma manifests in my body as well. So this ah. is, this is a story that comes to mind and, and I'm sure your listeners will appreciate this. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with tapping EFT. Oh, absolutely. Yes, okay. I am <laughs> okay. very familiar. So, so with in, I was, you know, really eager to just do anything to get me out of this mess. I mean, this trauma was beyond anything that I had ever experienced. I mean, I'm telling you 11 days in the ICU seemed like a cakewalk next to what I was uh, uh, dealing with. So, so I thought, well, you know what, let me try. And that's, this is pretty consistent with stage four, stage three, it's very action oriented in Mm -hmm. survival. Stage four is action oriented into growth and healing. Right. So, so I was like, let me just you know, let me just try tapping and doing things like that. So I, and it didn't, I, I didn't really feel like it was working for me uh, until this one day. And we were, my husband and I were, were moving along with our reconciliation. And it was, it was pretty obvious that the old me was long dead and gone. And the old him was long dead and gone. And there was a, um, I've had two surgeries in, in both feet for severe arthritis from the outside. They'll find 
you know, I had worn away all my cartilage. So, you know, I just know I cannot wear heels unless I need to. I have to time how long I wear them. It's like that important for the story. So there was this, it was like a Saturday and I was just wearing, you know, like running shoes and whatever. And then, and, um, and then that night we went out simple dinner and there was a brief moment. And Shelly, I'm talking like the briefest of moments where I just felt totally and completely safe. And I knew I would never have to worry about anything like betrayal again. It was a, the most fleeting moment. Mm-hmm. Well, the next morning I woke up and I was in so much pain in my feet. It was as if I had worn six inch heels and danced the night away. Right. So I'm thinking, okay, something's going on here. And I had just started tapping. I'm like, let me see if anything shows up. So I start tapping and all of a sudden this phrase comes to me and it's your hard stance keeps you in a hard stance. Oh, my rigid unbending mind was keeping me in a rigid unbending foot pain. Right. And it caught me red handed. And I was like, that is the body reacting to the subconscious mind right there. And I just wanted to bring out that story because that is fabulous. And I, I swear yesterday I was thinking, okay, do I, can I keep my schedule with all these interviews right now? And I swear the last two weeks, the universe and, and has said, yes, because they're actually part of it about you. So you're going forward lady and you can edit them later and get them on the air. But that I can relate to that. So heartily, what did you do about it? Well, then I knew it had nothing to do with the physical. It really okay. didn't, you know, and, and probably. Was it something new or were you still, was it, sorry, let me get a timeline here. Were you still dealing with things in, with the trauma and your reconciliation in your life? Was yeah. this a few years back? Not like right where you are right now. Yeah. This or was, this was it just something you back. forgot? So it was something, it was just as we were moving, we were, we were in the reconciliation stage. And I okay. was, of course, you know, I'm like, do I do this? Is this the stupidest thing I could do? Am I setting myself up for this to happen to get again? I mean, all the questions that we have. And, and, and I was like anybody else, you know, concerned and, and thinking, what do I, what am I, what message am I giving my kids? Is this the right thing? Do I even know what I'm doing? Can I trust my own judgment? Because trust is shattered in betrayal. So Mm -hmm. it was every question that was coming up and clearly I was safe, but my ego was not allowing me that safety. And, and I caught it red-handed. That's that. Okay. So this was your ego stepping in. I've done a lot of ego work the last few years. Let me tell you, I I talked to it like a small child at nighttime. Mm -hmm. It's time for you to go to the corner because mama needs to sleep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and you can, you see these things show up and, and when you, you know, you're willing to take a look at it from a different perspective, you realize it, you know, it's showing up physically, Yes, but that's not, that's not what this is about. Years ago, a coach told me that when I got through some of these things, my fibro would go away. And I have to be honest, I didn't believe that. I mean, I accepted the concept Mm -hmm. um, because this disease has had me laid out for about eight years. And I thought, well, okay. What I actually was one of those whatever moments. Mm -hmm. Then when I got my life and my health really under control and started doing work, And then this all hit me two years ago with the deteriorating discs and the stenosis and all this other stuff and the arthritis, like you say, and clearly I'm very on page with you, the pain you're experiencing. I was accepting it and allowing it to, again, like I said, with the spinal stuff and around my, I was letting it contract me. Yeah. And it's like surrender and let it go. What else? And there's the big thing that I think I find now with my new knowledge, 
that I still have the ability to ignore the signs. But if I don't, I can get myself through it using the steps, using the knowledge to get to the other side of it quicker and a little more freeing. Would you say that's definitely what our goal here is with awareness? Oh, absolutely. I mean, who wants to be in pain? And that, and from hardened to healed, you know, it's interesting because you're mentioning uh, neck issues and things that is so tied to our emotions. And, and that's, that was actually my issue too. So here I had extreme arthritis. And even as far as uh, my neck and back, I, I had six out of seven of my cervical discs are pressing on nerves. I have one good disc, ah, degenerative okay disc disease and herniated discs. And I'm, it's so painful. But when I do acknowledge that, yeah, this has so much to do with how my body in particular stores this trauma. Mm -hmm. That's just what goes on. So yeah, I can, yes, there is that, that physical component. You want to address that as well, but there is absolutely this energetic piece that, that, you know, you can ignore it all you like, right. but if you deal with that, you see how quickly you can heal. I want to get to something else because I promised it. And I, you know, in the, in the arena of betrayal and trust mm -hmm. for everybody to trust me, I said, I was going to share something and I want to Go make sure I do. <laughs> those questions to see if you're numbing, avoiding, distracting. Oh yes. It's going to be so helpful for everybody. So okay, uh, I invite everyone to, to write this down. And that's my way of saying, write this down. So <laughs> Am I numbing, avoiding, distracting? Right. If so, how? Call yourself on it. Do you go into the kitchen? You're not the least bit hungry mm -hmm. and you're, you know, you're in the cabinets. Do you walk into a room and you put the TV on just to drown out the sound of your own thoughts? Call yourself on it. The second question, what am I pretending not to see? Mm. Am I pretending not to see there's trouble in my relationship? Am I pretending not to see that health issue that needs my attention? Am I pretending not to see I hate my job? Whatever, call yourself on it. Okay. Third question, what's life going to look like in five to 10 years if I do nothing? So doing Ooh. the exact thing you're doing. That's a hard one. <laughs> yeah. Play it out five to 10 years, that health okay. issue that you may be ignoring, that relationship issue you're not dealing with, that work issue. Play it out five to 10 years the same way you're dealing with it now. What does that look like in five okay. to 10 years? And the last question, what can life look like in five to 10 years if I change now? I'm not saying it's easy. Transformation begins when you tell yourself the truth. Yes. And Dr. Silber is going to repeat that for the listeners one more time. <laughs> Transformation begins when you tell yourself the truth. Yes, folks. When we lie to ourselves, when we ignore, when we avoid, when we, um, what's the word I'm looking for? When you push it away, deflect. Numb, avoid, distract, <laughs> that, that, all of it. That was always a bit of a joke in my family. The um, My brother-in-law, my sister's husband, he was the uh, the king of deflection. He says, in this family, you just got to learn to absorb and push away. <laughs> and that's how he coped with some of the issues that went on in our family. And it's so true. Those types of things are coping mechanisms. They are not healing mechanisms. And the one thing I do now that I find is face it. And I do want to ask you, have you done work or are you familiar with the higher self connection? Oh, very much. So. I didn't think that would be something new for you. If you've got the tapping under control, yep. that has been sort of my last particular year. Now I grew up, my listeners know this. I grew up in a very religious home and that has expanded for me. I, I, I absorb, I, I lived in it. I walked away. I came back. It's now a little bit like, you know, religion is like kindergarten for me. It's a great place to start. It gave me this solid footing to which then I went and explored, opened it up. I want it wide. I want more yeah. information. You know, I'm always, since I was a kid, what else, what mm -hmm. else is there? 
tapping was wonderful, but this higher self connection I've been working on in my poor husband, you know, Oh, you and your woo woo. It didn't take four months when he started seeing some changes and he said, okay, so he'll ask, should we, shouldn't we have you checked in? (laughs) And the first time he did that, I turned around from the sink and went, did you just ask me if I need to check in with my higher self? Cause I could take you back to four months ago when you're making fun of me. No, I did do that, but in all in love and, and fun. He goes, yeah, it's really been proven pretty good here, Shell. So I, I'd like you to keep up with that. Yeah. It has changed things for me, but it's really kind of funny just him growing with me. He's kind of one of those people. He's a Taurus, needs to go to his man cave, you know, whether yeah. it's virtual or, or, or physical and ponder, and then he comes back mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. it starts to integrate into his way of thinking. Yeah. So how was your higher self connection uh, work? How did that go for you? And did it, did it come at the beginning? Did it middle end? Is it just, yeah, well, you know, it's, it's interesting because spirituality proved to be such an, uh, such a crucial part in transformation, whether someone moved to the spiritual part of their religion, whether they were not religious at all, moved towards spirituality, whether they, many abandoned religion completely, they felt their mm-hmm. religion didn't serve them. And I, and I wondered about that. And I had been spiritual for about 10 years and it saved me absolutely saved me because then you invite questions like maybe there's a reason for this maybe right. you know what doesn't kill us makes us stronger kind of thing and but i looked at it from just the research perspective and i was like well why would people move towards spirituality and it was really two reasons one was you you feel so disconnected you, mm. you, your life yes. is completely chaotic there's no connection so you you need this connection to something some you know something bigger than us the second reason was when someone has been betrayed and trust is completely and totally shattered. Think mm-hmm. about it. You don't trust your betrayer. You don't trust yourself. You don't trust anybody else. Cause you're right. like, if I can't trust the person I trusted the most and I don't even trust myself, how the heck can I trust anybody else? Right? So you venture at least second trust in something bigger than me. So that was kind of the reason why people move towards it. And I was the same. And I remember early on seeing um, an intuitive coach, Mm-hmm. And so your audience can appreciate this if you're spiritual. Wasn't going to share it if you didn't, you know, if you didn't go there, but here we go. So, um, so I remember walking in and I didn't even sit down and she just starts laughing. She's like, oh, how you two plan this. And I was like, what did you just say? He said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He needed something so catastrophic to crash and burn so he can be the husband, the father, father, the friend he's supposed to be you. You needed something so deeply painful so you can heal and teach from this deep place of knowing you're going to have an institute. You're going to have books. You're going to have this big following around betrayal. And I'm like, you're crazy. (laughs) So, you know, it's you can look at it and say, was this what I'm, uh, is this a, a soul yes. contract and I'm doing the work I'm completely here to do? Absolutely. Uh, it feels like it absolutely is. Yes. So. I get that a lot now. And some people don't want to hear it, but I can still look at their lives. If there's someone that I care about and ask the question, what should they be learning? What did we agree to? I asked it of myself all the time. Did I agree to this? I'm not a real big thrilled. I'm not really thrilled about the, the time and place we're living in in the world right now with what went on this last two years. But I have to remind myself at times, you were called to be here now. And it's funny because when we get older, we think all of this stuff happens in our 20s and 30s, but really that's just lesson time. <laughs> that's just lesson time. So when I first took on this podcast five and a half years ago, and it was six years ago that this sort of the, this, the journey began was shouldn't I be retiring? And I will never forget one of my, you know, right at the beginning coaching sessions, my coach going, and what the freak did you think that meant for you? 
He says, because were you retiring from life, from learning, from growing, from helping others? And I, you know, I'm like, well, no. He says, well, then I, I need you to stop talking like that because I'm thinking it's my 50s. Shouldn't I be on a beach somewhere or worrying about my money and this, that, and the next thing? No, it has changed everything for me to let go of the story. We talked about it earlier. This is just a different story I was telling myself. Well, that's it. And and a lot of people look at, you know, let's say the fifties as as you should be winding down. I'm looking at it like I just got started. I mean, it was everything that I've learned and and my entire career up until now has truly uh, led me to this. I mean, I'm bringing everything that's ever worked. I'm leaving behind anything that doesn't. And, um, and I finally now with grown kids, I finally have the opportunity to, to, to do the work that I'm meant to do. So um, it's interesting when I hear that from other people as well. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, you just haven't hit on your passion yet because that would give you more energy than you know what to do with. Exactly. So mm-hmm. very true. Yeah. Debbie, if you had one thing to leave our listeners with, what would it be? You know, every single person, no one is excluded. You have a unique skill, passion, purpose. There's something you do that no one does like you, nobody. And you're here to find out what that is and to do it. And sometimes it takes trauma. It takes a crash mm-hmm. and burn to completely reveal that. And, uh, and, and then once you're doing something because of that, that's trauma well-served. Don't stay oh. stuck. Fantastic. And I just, from a business side point, because I had an accounting business for so many years, and my listeners know that I, I relate things to business a lot. That doesn't always necessarily mean folks that your work means that it will become your work. I realize that there's people like Debbie and I that have created knowledge and gifting of our knowledge and we are paid for it. That doesn't always, to me, I, I think everyone seems to think that it all means you all have to become coaches. You don't. Having a high functioning life is having a high functioning life in any space that you are in. We talk about that here a lot, taking your passion everywhere you go. Doesn't mean you have to earn a living from it. It just means you have something you are to be doing on this planet to make yourself and the people around you just, I guess, better. Yeah. Well, we actually have a program. Uh, it's called Platinum within the PBT Institute. It's not our regular programs. And when someone takes the the, um, the healed or hardened quiz, they see what stage they're in. If they're in stages four or five, they're eligible uh, potentially for Platinum. And it's you know application only. And what we do there, that's where you work with me. Mm. Uh, because when you're, and to your point, when you've done the work to heal, that doesn't mean like it was my work to heal from betrayal and then teach right. it on this level. But but in platinum and what I've seen so often is when you get to that stage four, stage five, now you're ready for that new relationship, new career, new right. body, new whatever that you wouldn't have been ready for before. And I and I mean we've had we've had members in the program who then we've taken to this next level. If I tell you how many of them have started new businesses that they never would have had the confidence to Mm -hmm. to start before, but it's like you've been through so much and then you're like, and then it just reveals itself. It couldn't, it couldn't happen earlier. The idea wasn't there. You weren't ready, but at that level you are. And it's so beautiful to watch these businesses just get birthed because of the work someone's doing. Oh, fantastic. It's a little bit. I think people need to realize that your trauma and the things that you're not facing is like trying to find the sun in the middle of the night. 
Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it's not there. You just can't see it. Uh, there's lots of other practitioners. You, Dr. Bradley Nelson talks about the heart wall and healing. You know, when it doesn't matter. I was going to mention earlier when you're talking about getting body work done. It doesn't matter what I do. You stick a needle in me somewhere, and I'm releasing emotion. <laughs> so yeah. you know, I've got one of my natural paths. He just pats my back as I ball my eyes out on the table yeah. because even though I am active in this work and in my own healing and in my own expansion subconsciously, you sometimes don't realize you're just hanging on to something, but because I have these things in place that are constantly checking, rechecking, releasing, I'm always moving forward, but it doesn't mean there's not going to be a bad day. And there's not, it doesn't mean he doesn't put an acupuncture needle in my lower back and I burst into tears immediately. <laughs> it yeah. just means I'm not hanging on to that for a decade. Dr. Debbie Silver, thank you so much for being on the show. Please listeners, remember you are not alone. There is help out there. I will have everything in the show notes. Please, if any of this touched a nerve for you in your life or in anyone else's around you, please go to her website. Use the free things that she has offered to you. They are a gift. She is lovely and gracious. And I encourage you to please tie into and tap into what is offered here. The energy, the healing, the spirituality, all of it. And I'll catch you on the flip side. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Stay connected with us directly through livingwellwithshell.com and Instagram at livingwellwithshell. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through shelly at livingwellwithshell.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Thank you. And remember, willpower will only get you so far if you don't have a plan.